Th- thanks so much for, for taking the time. Uh, we're super excited to get to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you guys. Do you remember meeting us at Loretta's? To be honest, no. <laughs> I, mean, I recognize, I don't know your guys' names either. Oh yeah. Let's, let's, let's start out oh, with yeah, that. So, so I'm Connor. And I'm Hayden. Okay. So we, I recognize Hayden. I yeah. recognize Hayden. Okay. Yeah, the goofy guy looking like the goofy guy. Of course you recognize me. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we're in Nashville. So we went to, oh, okay. we went to the last day of Loretta's the mm-hmm. Saturday. Yeah. And then we were just like walking around. It was, I guess it was right after you had won your, oh, yeah, uh, it was your last race, the pro, yeah. the pro sport race. Mm-hmm. And we just like came up to the Yamaha, uh, trailer. Yeah. That's and, where I seen and, you. Um, yeah. I know mm-hmm. now. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess we'll kind of yeah. lead into the, he signed my goggles and oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. I, had, I had this like super cheap pair of like fly racing goggles and I had them, I had you sign them and then yep. I didn't realize that they were my only pair of goggles I had at the time. And I'm like, oh <laughs> crap, we're going riding this weekend. I don't have goggles. And so either I ride while looking through Levi Kitchen's autograph or I have to do something about this. And I ended up having to uh, like wipe it off. I felt so bad. I was like, this is this is probably like the most degrading thing I can do. Like, I just got like, uh, I don't know, some future champions, you know, signature on my goggles. And I just funny. wiped them off casually. But um, I, I would love to get like a quick backstory on uh on you because i know we we obviously hear a little bit about you at loretta's but you know from the man himself yeah um well yeah i mean my name's levi kitchen i'm from washington state washougal um i don't know i mean started riding dirt bikes when i was pretty young like three years old and then started racing when i was six and it wasn't until like 2018 when i really started kind of taking it serious i moved to louisiana and started training there Mm. and uh got picked up by rock river an amateur team and then i don't know i mean it just kind of all fell into place after that i won the reddits in 2020 and that kind of put me on the map and then um mini o's in 20 i ended up winning like most of the pro championships and then star signed me right after that so Mm. yeah since then it's been great obviously i've been on that team um, so yeah, that's pretty much me. I mean, I like to fish and golf as well. But yeah. that's so, about it. so when you, when you say you, you weren't really into it until 2018, <laughs> I mean, you were obviously still riding pretty regularly, right? Like how, how often would you race before 2018? Mm, I mean, I was like the local, you know, I'd race on the weekends and, uh, but there'd be times where I, I wouldn't ride for two, three weeks, just like normal. It was weird. Like I don't even know. I just wasn't really into it that much. Like I love doing it, but where I was from, um, there wasn't many opportunity to ride. Like it was always wet. Um, and obviously in the summertime it was better in fall, but, uh, yeah, I just wasn't really into it that much and, um, was hanging out with a lot of friends and stuff like that. And then I was still doing online school. I actually started on online school in like 2016 or 15. So how, um, how old were you at this point? uh 16 okay Mm. yeah so let's see that was no i was 15 when i started online school so 2016 yeah Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean i i had plenty of time to ride i just wasn't really into it and then what kind of changed it was i went to loretta's in 18 in the 125 class and got second overall i think it was yeah i got second and then um 
that was kind of when my dad was like, you know, like you're talented enough. Like, do you want to do this? Cause we'll send you to Louisiana mm-hmm. train with Rob, uh, my old trainer, Rob Burkhart and also trained with, uh, Wyndham a little bit out there, there t- or there towards the end. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what the transition was. And I started really putting in work because before then I never really worked out or trained at all. Just ride. So, and I guess before that you didn't really have any plans to become a pro rider or anything. <clears throat> I mean, I always wanted to, but to be honest, like, you know, I tell my parents, all like, that's what I wanted to do. But in the back of my mind, I didn't think I was capable at that point. But, mm-hmm. uh, once I started putting in the result or like the work and stuff and the results showed, I was like, well, mm-hmm. maybe I can do this. So, yeah. what, what were you writing like before? Um, you kind of mentioned how you weren't as into, um, writing. You didn't take it as seriously. What was the, what was it about writing that? Like, I mean, obviously seeing yourself progress and watching you become like a really well-developed writer and getting like second yeah. overall, that's like a huge, uh, like a huge accomplishment. And like before that, was there not like a result and like you kind of just didn't really take it all that seriously or were you just not really like, Oh, you know, I like to ride dirt bikes, but I don't, you know, I don't necessarily want to make this my center focus or when did that kind of like change? Um, I mean, it was like always the focus, but I was still just being a kid. Like I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, if my dad said, Hey, let's go ride this again. Be like, all right, let's go ride then. Mm-hmm. But it was never like, Hey, I need to go ride you know, Monday, yeah. Tuesday, yeah, whatever. Like mm-hmm. I would never really make that happen. I mean, there'd be occasions where I'd load up the van and go ride with some buddies, but, um, I don't really know when it changed. I mean, pretty much when I made the decision to go to Louisiana and I got support from rock river, then like to see somebody believe in me, like, obviously I had a bunch of great sponsors before then. Um, but I, w- I was still kind of doing it on my own. I mean, I had Fox's gear and stuff like that and some good motor guys in suspension, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, once I kind of felt like that team side of it, like people were supporting me that way, you know, I got bikes and everything was pretty dialed at that point. Um, yeah. that's when I really started putting my head down. So, uh Oh, somebody's calm. Hold up. Well, you're good. <laughs> that's cool. So yeah, I gotcha. Um, so you're riding East Coast Supercross, right? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. We'll, we'll be. That, at the, the, well, the plan. The plan was to do West, possibly, but then I ended up obviously breaking my scapula, like mm-hmm. you know, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Well, so. we're we're not going to say we're happy that you broke your scapula, but we are. We're going to be at the <laughs> we're going to be at the Atlanta race, so we'll, we'll get to Heck see yeah. you ride now. Definitely. Um, yeah, I'll have, I'll have to I'll have to give you another signature one you won't wipe off. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, I got new goggles, so like I'll be prepared. Um, so so one question I have is about. Uh, so I guess will this be your? I guess this will be your first time like professionally racing Supercross, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So so. Uh, what like is there a big difference in like between racing outdoors and supercross and like how you prepare for that um i mean obviously i didn't get to prepare for outdoors like you know because i didn't do the full season but i mean it was similar to the race i was training doing 30s and stuff like that um i wouldn't say it's much different i mean you're riding obviously supercross different tracks but um i feel like the the workload off the bike is a little bit more on the supercross side, just because supercross doesn't, it doesn't quite take it out of you. Like it does on outdoors. I mean, you get done with a day of riding outdoors. We do two thirties and like 
you're toast. You're smoked, like you're pretty yeah. much done. So um I'd say the off the bike training's like a little bit harder, but um now for the most part, I mean it's kind of the same stuff. Hmm. Where did you see the most improvement when you were getting on the supercross track? Was it like a mental game? Like when you ride supercross, is it more like on the on the bike you have to be thinking you know a couple jumps ahead or like positioning body uh like what is where did you have the biggest like learning curve for um i mean obviously i'm still learning i only ended up riding it for about three weeks until i got hurt but uh i don't know the biggest like mentally yeah it is tough and I mean, everybody, every rookie price says it, but the whoops, like mm-hmm. the worst thing is like, if you don't like the set of whoops you're on that day, like you're thinking about it the whole track and you mm-hmm. just can't put a lap together. So, yeah. um, I started getting better in the whoops and like, as soon as I could kind of overcome that, you know, then your, my laps were able, I was able to put them together, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, it kind of came natural to me as far as the jumps and, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say mm-hmm. really scared of jumping anything like um, I like jumping, so it, that didn't bother me at all. There was a few, yeah. there was a few rhythms that, uh, I was doing that. <laughs> I was pissing Christian and Justin off. It was funny because <laughs> there was a few rhythms that I did and they're like, well, now we got to do them. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not definitely wasn't the smartest move, but I did them. So it's yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, that's funny. So, uh, what do you think about like the current situation with amateur racing and, do you think that it prepares you well for, I mean, I don't, there's not really any amateur races right now that are super cross specific. Are there? Um, not re- I mean, you got the futures deal and like, I know a lot of these tracks are trying to do like the futures qualifier. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I'd heard there was one in Arizona that was like somewhat of a super cross track. Um, there was one in Texas. I think that was decent, but I don't know. I mean, well, we lost monster cup. I think I haven't heard anything about that race. So mm-hmm. that was kind of the, the super cross deal. Like when I was growing up, but, um, I don't really know. I mean, I think all kids though, like we got Hayden out here, he's getting on Supercross, and Nick and, uh, Matt getting another freaking phone call. You're good. You're put on do not disturb. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like everybody, you know, adapts to it pretty naturally. It just, just takes time, but yeah, I don't even know what amateur race is really to get you ready for it. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, let's see. Uh, so I've, I've got a question. So, uh, I saw, I was looking through your Instagram before, uh, this call and I saw that you like to fly fish. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I also love to fly fish. Um, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, long story short, that's kind of been my thing for like probably the last like seven or eight years. And so now my, my full-time job is, uh, like production stuff in the fishing industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, wow. so now I kind of use motocross and dirt bikes as like my escape from doing that as a job, world. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I guess kind of like the opposite yeah. of what you use it for. So, uh, so how'd you get into that? Yeah. Uh, boy, we, uh, well, my dad always fished growing up and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he, we would just, you know, use terminal tackle when I was growing up, like normal, you mm-hmm. know, spin reels, whatever. So, uh, but then we went on this, we go on this float trip in Oregon every year, which I've missed it the last couple of years because of racing and stuff like that. But, um, and our good friend Slade, he had a fly rod and I had, I was like, at that point I was like, what even is that? Like, I didn't really know. 
and I picked it up and, um, ended up hooking a steelhead on it. Dang, and really? that was pretty much, uh, I mean, I didn't even land, I didn't even know how to use it. Like I didn't land the thing at all, but, um, <laughs> yeah, ever since then I went home and I was like, you know, that's what I want for Christmas. And like, I wanted a fly rod and up getting a fly rod. And then, uh, kind of just start the funny thing is since you know a lot about fly fishing i'm sure people listening will be like what the heck but <laughs> yeah. uh my parents didn't know anything about fly fishing so they got me an eight weight spay rod like really? as my first <laughs> as my first fly rod so like i'm going to these ponds and creeks and i'm fishing with an 11 foot spay rod like it was, it was so funny now looking back i probably was like an idiot but i was having fun i learned and then mm-hmm. um yeah, i mean it all pretty much just went from there like yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it bums me out, um, that I don't get to do it, you know, here. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really got to fish much at all, but you know, I'd, every time I go home, I, I try to fish as much as I can, but yeah. So it looks like you went on like a little road trip this summer, right? Or I guess kind of after oh, motocross. Ended. Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. where all did you go yeah. on that? Uh, so yeah, after outdoors got a little break. So I went home and then me and my cousin, my buddy Max went, to montana um and yeah we kind of just explored around there fish montana some of idaho um and yeah it was awesome i mean i definitely want to go back caught some browns and cutthroat stuff like that so Uh, what area of montana were you in where were we we were all over the place um i know we were near uh well i remember we stopped at, we went to the Madison river. We went to, um, what was the other one? I'm drawing a blank bad. Um, so I guess you were kind of on like the Bozeman side, like over, like over near Yellowstone. Yeah. We were near Bozeman. Yeah. Yellowstone. Um, what was the one river I liked though? I cannot remember. It's terrible. I remember there was a Creek we fished called rock Creek. That was unreal the first day. And then we went back on our way through home and it sucked. It was the weirdest thing, but really, uh, yeah. I mean, we didn't like, as long as the trip, I think it was like, we were out there for like six days. It felt like we didn't even get to really explore as much as I would have liked to, but I yeah. mean, we caught fish. So good time. Yeah. That's, that's all that matters. Yeah. Every, every yeah. summer, or at least the past two summers, I've been going out, uh, me and a group of buddies do a trip to the Bob Marshall wilderness. It's like an hour yeah. North of Missoula in Montana. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's like such a blast out there. You have no cell reception for eight days. You have to ride in like 30 <laughs> yeah. miles on horses and, the fishing out wow. there is unreal. It's it's uh so there's cutthroat and there's also bull trout out there. Um yeah. and literally you're catching like 40 fish a day all on dry flies and dang. Jeez, yeah. You can't beat it. So so you don't do yeah. any fishing. Uh you're in Florida, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh have you done any saltwater fishing on fly rod? Ooh. I have not. I would love to. I just I don't really have like there ain't much time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, maybe once I get settled <clears throat> into my house. Uh, I'd like to do it, but I know once I, you know, get my house down and all that, I'd like to get a boat. Like I've, I've always liked bass fishing. I don't like mm-hmm. it as much as, and I know I can fly fish for bass, but I don't know. It's not super enjoyable to me. Yeah. I would definitely suggest trying the saltwater. It, it'll kind of ruin you because the fish, they, yeah. they fight ridiculously hard. And especially yeah. if you, yeah. I don't know if you've seen videos, people catching like tarpon on fly rods and stuff. Like, oh, yes. How long is it going to take for Connor yeah. to mention tarpon? So <laughs> the, the show that I, so the, my job is, uh, we, the company I work for owns three fishing TV shows. Um, yeah. so my boss, he's, he's always catching fish on, on fly rod and tarpon. And it's like tarpon bonefish permit is like basically yeah. the three stuff that the three fish that we film. And it's just like, 
unreal how how hard those fish will fight. But also, I mean, yeah. I don't want to talk too much about fishing because I'm sure no one listening really cares. But uh, <laughs> probably, probably my favorite fish to catch on the fly rod is smallmouth bass. Have you ever fished for smallmouth on fly rod? Yeah, I've caught I've caught smallmouth, and we have a lot of them in Washington. It's good yeah, fishing. I'm sure. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really good fishing in Tennessee. I mean, like a lot of the rivers are like kind of like I don't know what the name of that river is, but the one that kind of goes along Loretta's. Um. Oh yeah, I don't know what the creeks. Yeah, I don't know what that either, one's but called, I've, but that like that size creek is like prime for smallmouth fishing out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've caught um every year I go to Loretta's. I fly fish that creek with my buddy Spencer and oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. a few other buddies. But- yeah, I've caught plenty of smallmouth out of there on a fly rod. It's fun. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a blast. That's so sick. Well, we don't want to talk yeah. about fishing too much for <laughs> everyone, but but that's super cool that you're into that. Oh, um, yeah. So, do you have any other hobbies, or is that kind of like your your big thing? Um, I mean, that was my big thing. That and like BMX bikes stuff like that. But mm. I don't want to get hurt on these things, so I don't really do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I picked up I picked up golf like probably a year and a half ago now. And, uh, I do that more than anything. Like, that's pretty much my other thing I'll mm-hmm. do. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, everybody else on the team really likes doing it. So yeah, I'll yeah. go out and but. what are you swinging? What kind of clubs you write? You rep clubs? I got yeah. PX, I got PXG irons and, uh, oh, man. Jeez. Cobra. Well, <laughs> actually I, I broke, I, I snapped my Cobra driver not too long ago, but um, it's all in the backswing, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. But <laughs> That's, that's funny. I, I know like nothing about golf, but oh, he, really? he got, you golf a little bit, right? Yeah. So last year during, um, so I broke my leg riding a BMX bike and, um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know all about that. I broke it, uh, like the week that I, I went to, I just, I just bought a brand new bike and <laughs> this thing was sweet and I took it out for the first week and I, I'd ri- been riding it like all week and I started to get like way more confident and way more confident. And then I started sending things that I probably shouldn't have. And, Next thing I know, I, uh, wheelied out of this bowl and when I landed my ankles full of like lawn chairs and yeah, I snapped my, uh, my left leg, my, my fibula, and then I drove myself to the ER. (laughs) So, oh damn. Yeah, that was, it was a rough one, but, um, BMX bikes are like extremely dangerous if you're, uh, if you're not comfortable, especially going from like, I've only ever ridden flat. And then riding like jumps yeah. and stuff like that and bowls. It's it, the learning curve is pretty big, but, um, yeah, yeah. BMX bikes <laughs> suck now. <laughs> That's why I stay on the dirt, which still doesn't work. Cause I crashed pretty hard two weeks ago and jacked up my shoulder there. But, um, yeah, we always injured man. Um, so, but, uh, I, I forgot what pot, it might've been the pulp of mech show. I was listening to a podcast the other day and someone on that show was complaining like, all these new kids coming into <laughs> racing, they all have terrible taste in music. And someone on the show said, yeah, except for Levi kitchen, he's the only new guy that listens to good music. So <laughs> I want to know what, what kind of music you listen to. Um, like old rock and grunge, like, okay. um, and mm-hmm. I always, I listen to rap and country. I mean, it all depends, but mm-hmm. I mean, I listen to pretty much everything you could imagine, but, uh, yeah, I just like to show that I listen to something different because I mean everybody listens to the same rap stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like Seth, he was our old team manager, Seth Rarick, and uh, that's like how we clicked because we like the same mm-hmm. kind of music. But uh, I don't know, it's different, but that's kind of what I like to listen to. Do you have like a like a go to song or like go to type of music when you're like right before the gate drop? 
Mm. Um, I wouldn't say like, I really like this in the house and chains before I ride. Um, mm. yeah, I would pretty much say them or, uh, if I want to get real narrow, I listen to like, um, Rob zombie and those yeah. guys, but <laughs> that's if I'm feeling heavy. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing like going to a gate just like angry or like fired up ready yeah. for that drop. Yeah. I mean, it's only, I've, I've heard, I've only experienced a handful of gate drops in my life, but from what I've heard, it's like, you're going to war. Like when you set up on gate and you're just like mindset and focusing in yeah. your, your whole mentality is just like, I don't, I'm not care. I don't care about a single person on this gate. Like I'm just going to destroy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that's why I'm always like, I mean, if you see me, I usually have headphones on like mm-hmm. at the gate and I don't know kind of just blocks everything out yeah definitely. yeah pretty much want to just kill everybody on the line but yeah yeah there's, <laughs> there's something about it. like like I, outside of the gate drop like i respect everybody there but at the, in that moment you know i just i just want to rip yeah. his head off kind of deal yeah um yeah yeah i remember when i went to redbud back in like 2000 and it was like 2013 or something like that i can't remember the year um i remember sitting by the gate and I heard these dudes just screaming their heads off before the, like the, the bikes were all revving. And I just hear, Oh, like these dudes just like screaming their head off and then the gate drops and then like they're gone. But, um, there's some little eerie about a full grown man, like screaming his head off before a gate drop. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it's, it's a whole mindset. Um, but it's, it's part of like, you know, you're attacking, I don't know, like beast mode or whatever. Um, yeah. So, so what was, so Redbud that was the first, pro race you ever did oh, right yeah 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 what what was like the the competition or the competition difference between what you were used to and then jumping into like all these guys that have been riding at the professional level level for years um it was crazy like it got easier as the season went on but like red butt i'll obviously never forget because it was my first one but i don't know i might have slept like four hours that night oh, i was man. miserable yeah couldn't even couldn't eat my dinner um yeah, I was on a line and like my mechanic knows me well. So he knows when I'm like, he's never even, he's told me before. He's like, I've never seen you that nervous in my life. Like Dang. it was, it was miserable, but, uh, no, it was, it was an experience for sure. And then I think first qualifying, I don't know if I was like P 11 or what I was, maybe I was like ninth actually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's kind of when it like set the tone. I was like, all right, like I do belong out here. Cause that's what you're yeah. always guessing. You're like, for sure, could for I sure. be up here? Like I have this team with mm-hmm. me and, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the best bike and, you know, I got to show up and, and show them that I'm, you know, worth their time. So, um, yeah, after qualifying then it got a little bit easier, but definitely lining up, you know, and looking over and seeing those guys is pretty crazy, but, um, it got easier and easier as it went on. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like four hours of sleep. What were you doing over at B lot or something? Like, oh man, <laughs> dude, B lot at red butt is, is, is something else. Um, I remember meeting Ken Roxon at, at B lot. That was, that was pretty gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but what would, what was your thoughts on red bud? Like for first track? I mean, have you, had you been on red bud before? Or was that the first time you were ever kind of like qualifying no. on it and stuff? So you hit Larocco yeah, or was... anything like that? <laughs> no, we, <laughs> I, I mean, I hyped myself up saying I was yeah. going to jump it, but I don't think many people, Yeah, I, I know mean, a few people tried on a 250, um, but it was hard that year. I guess the turn was like pushed in or something, but, yeah. um, I like the track person. Like I think, well, obviously I did red, Bud, iron man, mm-hmm. um, Unadilla, Hangtown, Apollo, which I'd done there, but red, Bud was definitely one of my favorites. Let's uh, go. I enjoyed that track. 
yeah, yeah. it's a good track yeah I'm a, I'm a michigan boy so i i grew up oh. like 10 minutes from the track so that was my oh, okay. that was where i yeah. you know learned and loved everything about like dirt bikes so um, yeah. we, I could hear like the thunder of, you know, the 250, 450 class, like at the gate. So I was always like hyped yeah. up, cracked up, you know, ready for the, yeah. ready for red bud and, you know, being a kid, obviously yeah. <laughs> I want to go see some dirt bikes, but, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, uh, yeah, red bud. I know, I know a, a good bit about red bud. Um, um but yeah. so you guys are at the goat farm now, right? Yeah. What's it like being there knowing like all the legendary oh yeah like i mean obviously ricky grew up racing there is is it cool to be at a place where obviously a number of champions have come through and yeah um yeah it's good i mean it that like i had that really hasn't set in that much to me you know i kind of mm-hmm. just went there and just started riding but uh and obviously like i think he came out a couple times but i was hurt so i didn't see him um i know he comes out and watches a little bit but um no, it's cool. And I, I know a lot of good guys have rode there before. And, um, yeah, I'm blessed. I'm definitely happy to be here. Like being in California, you know, I can say it now I didn't like the place at all. So really? um, I'm glad to be out here. Yeah. Um, so no, it's good. Track's good. Um, and it's kind of nice. Like, you know, you just go there and you, you know, it's just obviously us, the team and, uh, you know, not that, yeah, I don't want to sound mean, but like dealing with some of the people in California, obviously can be a little bit of a hassle, all the, mm-hmm. the local guys going out there and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. here you can just go get your work done and, um, you know, leave. So, yeah. So was Washougal, you, you mentioned Washougal earlier. Um, uh, that was like your hometown home track. Um, did you yeah. grow up, did you grow up riding that track or had you been, okay. So what's the, yeah. di- what's the uh, dirt difference then between like the, the Florida dirt and like Washougal? Well, that's what doesn't really make sense about me is I like rutted and like deep, um, you know, kind of East coast style tracks, mm-hmm. which Washougal is nothing like that. It's pretty yeah. hard base and kind of slick. Um, but yeah, I grew up riding there. Um, my house is just above it. Actually. I used to, I think the trail got all like thrown over and stuff, but I had a trail from my house down to the track <laughs> I used to ride down. So, That's um, the dirt. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's kind of hard base slick. Mm-hmm. but it's a fun track. I mean, I cannot wait to race the the outdoor there. Like I'm Heck really yeah. looking forward to that. So, um, yeah, it's a fun track it has a special place in my heart for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's sweet. So you guys are the only like factory team that's not in California now, right? Mm, I mean, kind of, I mean, well, I guess, Honda and stuff like that. They're kind of over at 83. They're in Florida a little bit, but you know, they go to California quite a bit and we obviously haven't mm-hmm. been there at all. Um, I know the West coast boys are, are going to be heading to California pretty soon. Um, just for like the month because they don't want to fly back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we kept a couple of the test tracks there. I think we still have those, but yeah, I mean, I know nobody else really done this completely moved yet. So, um, I'm not sure if they will or, or what the plan is for other teams, but yeah, um, I mean, it I sounds, think it was a good. And and you guys still have an, a number of other like training facilities that you can ride at besides just yours, right? Uh, yeah, like well, today actually I rode at MTF, um, and they're nice enough to let us ride. Uh, I haven't rode GPF, but I know uh, Matt and Nick rode there a few times, and um, yeah, I mean, there's other options. Um, 
but for the most part, we don't really need to go anywhere else. I mean, today was nice because, you know, obviously you want to ride something different, but, mm-hmm. and it saves some time for like our track guy and stuff like that. It gives them time to prep. So. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so I've got a question about, so as you're coming kind of into these pro ranks, um, there's kind of been a trend lately of kind of like the underdog doing really well. Like for example, like, uh, when Cooper Webb was coming up in the amateur ranks, everyone was talking about AC when Chase Sexton was coming up in the amateur ranks. Like everyone was talking about Austin Fortner. Um, so like now it seems like, um, you had mentioned that you weren't even really that into it until 2018. And it seemed like, people have been talking for a long time about these names, like people like Jet Reynolds and these other riders that yeah. have been, you know, announced superstars for forever. Um, do you think that plays is an advantage for you seeing people like Cooper Webb and Chase Sexton being kind of like the not as in the spotlight guy in their amateur ranks and then kind of, you, you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It depends how you look at it, but I think the biggest thing with guys like that is like, you get so used to getting beat that like, you know, it just wants to, or it makes you want to work that much harder, honestly. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like also getting burnt out. Like I know a lot of people who get burnt out and, uh, you know, I started so late that I'm obviously not close to being burnt out. So that's a big thing with this sport. Like I'm, I know there's a lot of guys out there that are probably burnt out right now, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just your job. So, um, no, I think it can definitely be an advantage for sure. Heck yeah. Um, Oh, so the first time I ever watched you ride was at, uh, Loretta's and kind of like watching your style and stuff like that. Um, where did you kind of adapt your style? Cause if I correct me if I'm wrong, but like from what I watched, you were, you're a very like form focused kind of writer. You're like, you're always in the right position. Like if you take a camera and you take a picture of Levi kitchens, like at any point, he's usually got his form on pretty solid. Um, are you more of like an off the bike rider or how would you feel you would kind of ride or what's your style, I guess I should say. Um, I don't know. It was just kind of natural, but when I, I was pretty, well, I was always small. So like mm-hmm. now I'm six one, but when I, let's see, when I was like 16 years old, 17, I was only like five, six, maybe, Dang. um, I was tiny and then hit a growth spurt when I was like 18. But, uh, that's kind of when it started changing. Like when I went to Louisiana, I started riding a lot of rut tracks and, mm-hmm. um, I don't really know how to like, you know, I don't know what style I kind of have. I mean, I'm, I'd say more like almost European <laughs> okay. just cause I stand a lot, yeah. but, uh, I don't know. It's just the way, the way I feel comfortable riding. And, um, I think my balance is pretty good. Like I think that kind of shows a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's honestly from riding BMX bikes so much growing up and stuff yeah. like that. Scoot, yeah. Your balance boards and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw. So yeah. you posted that video on your Instagram story like yesterday, the day before of you riding. And I like had to like stop it in slow motion because I was so impressed by how long you were standing into the turn on that video you posted. Because yeah. that is like, I mean, like obviously I'm like the furthest thing from like a <laughs> pro rider, but my like my biggest downfall when I'm riding is I always sit down like way before the turn. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, like, I guess that's something that you grew up being taught, right? Yeah, kind of. And, um, like I said, once I, you know, got to the East coast, when I had to start doing that, cause like the rut tracks we would ride, the ruts would start 20 feet before the turn and you can't sit down through a rut like that. Your feet will catch and 
Mm -hmm. you you don't have any strength there. So, um, I don't know, obviously your natural instinct is to six. That's where you feel most stable. But if you can learn how to be stable standing, I mean, it's, it's an advantage. You're getting more power to the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of the way I like to ride, but it hinders me a little bit sometimes like outdoors. It's great. Supercross. I've learned that, um, that was kind of my biggest, um, learning curve was to actually sit. Cause like you can't really sit and or stand into a bull turn too long. Cause you kind of mm-hmm. get stood up, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, there's definitely times where it's an advantage for sure. Yeah. That's cool. I don't know if I really have many other questions. Do you, do you have anything specific? Right. Oh yeah. Um, oh, go, go at it. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your, uh, what was your first bike? What was Levi kitchen's first bike? Did you, were you on the PW crew or what were you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. PW crew. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a, do you, okay. Did you have a friend when you were growing up who was like always instigating like, Oh dude, Levi, let's go do this. And you're, you, were you, were you the voice of reason or were you the kid who's like, no, nah, let's go do this. And your buddy had to be the voice of reason. Cause I, I grew up with an absolute hooligan of a best friend. Um, we were, we were riding the PW just doing ridiculous stuff kind of, um, growing up, but. I am curious to see if you were more of like a goon rider growing up or were you like, Oh, I'm going to get on my PW and do some figure eights and stuff like that. Man, it's been a long, I mean, I didn't really grow up riding with, I mean, I would ride with my dad a little bit. And then once I got onto like actual fifties, like Cobras and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, that's when I started riding with buddies and stuff like that. But we never really, you know, I didn't really ride just at home and stuff like that, like in fields much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd go to the local tracks mainly, but, um, I don't really know. That's a tough question. I mean, I'm definitely the type of person, like if somebody tells me to do something, I'm definitely <laughs> going to do it. Like, yeah, you're not going to back down from it for sure. No, no, I won't back down. That's for sure. So, oh, um, heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know. I, th- I feel like Levi was a little bit more, I mean, being in Michigan, we were, we were, we were pretty backwoods in Michigan. So I'm not going to lie. We were pretty, <laughs> we were pretty redneck, but, um, yeah, we, I, I've been, I've been so many wrecks as a kid, just hanging out with, uh, my buddy Aaron who kind of got me into, into bikes, but, um, yeah, he got, he got a 125, which was way too much bike for me. And I ended up crashing that like the first time I rode it, but we were, <laughs> we were really, really goon um, goon kids growing up, but I don't know. That was, that was my style. I, that was how I kind of got on and into bikes. Um, yeah, I mean, not to like jump major topics here, but I've noticed a lot of things in, um, more recent, like media related, um, like the future of motocross, what is that going to look like for people? And I was just kind of curious if you had, cause I know, I know you're a very young figure in the sport, you know, right now. And there's a lot of like matured athletes who have been obviously competing for many years in the sport. And they, they already know what, um, what they're expected of in motocross. But, uh, what is, what is something that you can either see or would like to build on in like create this legacy for Levi kitchen? Like, is there anything that you, um, like see in the sport? Like, Oh, I would love to see more of this, um, you know, further down the road. Is there anything that you can uh, kind of point to in that direction? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I would like to see more people, you know, I think it's getting pretty like, str- I mean, it is a strict sport. Like obviously mm-hmm. we have our job that we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people like their personalities and stuff, I think, uh, 
people are just too serious. Like you got to have fun. I remember why you started. I, I, I mean, obviously don't be an idiot, you know, do your job, but like being around Plessinger for the first year I was on the team. Um, you know, he's a good example. He's got good personality and he has fun. So, you know, I would like to see that change more and hopefully, you know, these younger guys coming up, they kind of notice that, but, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. And also it's, it's changing a lot because, and it even was kind of that way when I was growing up, but you know, like the facilities and stuff, there's so many kids going to them at such a young age. So I think that's kind of where they lose the fun factor. You know, they didn't yeah. really grow up as kids, but, um, I don't know. People just got to keep it fun. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, do you, do you think there's going to be like, a, I've heard a few people talk about how they think there's going to be a big change media wise in motor or in moto and supercross with, you know, kind of like the way that jet Lawrence is changing things with how he, you know, talks and says whatever he wants on the podium. And then a lot of people say that like, well, especially like once the Deegans get into the pro rankings, like the, the media side of things are going to change a lot. Do you, do you see that coming? Um, yeah, but I mean, you can't, you can't ever argue when somebody's like, you know, like that stuff's going to help for their careers, like longevity, like when they're done or whatever the case may be, or, if, you know, for some reason their career doesn't quite go as well as they'd plan. Um, mm-hmm. Then they have that media kind of as a backup, like obviously they're still going to have a big fan base and stuff, but um, it definitely helps. And like, that's kind of why I started the merchandise thing. And, um, you know, I want to try to build that as much as possible, but mm-hmm. um I don't know. I don't really look into it too much. Like I'm not a huge media guy. Obviously I do it because, you know, if I want to show something that I like to do, then I have no problem with it, but mm-hmm. it's kind of just part of it. Like you got to, that's how it is now, you know, 20 years ago, there was media didn't matter, but now like people literally get support because of their media and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So pretty wild. Yeah. So let's say, I mean, this is thinking like way down the road, but let's say, you know, Levi kitchen comes out, wins two titles in two fifties, jumps up to four fifties, you know, has, has a great four fifty career and you retire. And I mean, I don't know if you even thought about when you would ideally want to retire. Um, what would, do you have any idea of like what you'd want to do after that? Like, would you want to be a trainer or a team manager or anything like that? Fly fishing school. Um, no, <laughs> actually that's funny. You mentioned that. I, I wanted to be a fly. I wanted to be a fly fishing guide for a while, but, um, I don't know, like I would probably still st- stick around the point or the sport. Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it too much. Obviously I'd like to retire and not, you know, have to work, but hmm. I think you kind of build that work ethic, like even with training or any normal job, um, you know, I'm sure I'd still want to stay busy and do something, but no, I haven't really thought, thought that far into it. I mean, I'd like to stay around the sport though and support everybody I know, but yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. So you had wanted to be a fly fishing guide at some point. Yeah. I, I mean, I would love to do that. Um, but then I kind of started thinking about it and like, I like fly fishing and I know like a guide, you know, I like being on the river. Don't get me wrong, but you don't really get to fish as much through the guide, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm at the point where like, like nowadays, like I would almost rather watch someone else catch a fish that I put them on mm. than, than yeah. me catch a fish. I mean, obviously it's nice to have the rod in your own hand, but I, I had thought for a while, like, oh, it'd be so cool to be a fly fishing guide until I went. So I, I did a float trip four days on the Madison in Montana a few years ago. Yeah. And yeah. this this was like when I was still pretty new to fly fishing. 
And I was like, oh, I bet it'd be cool to be a guy. And then I sat there for four days and watched this guy retie all my knots for me every time I broke yeah. off. Oh, man. And after seeing yeah. that, like I, I get frustrated enough when I break something off and have to retie it myself. Yeah. But especially yeah. if I was with someone that had no idea what they were doing <laughs> and it was, you know, you spend five minutes putting this perfect thing together with all yeah. your perfect flies. I think that would just drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. That's kind of what I thought about too. Um, yeah, I don't know that, that part would be tough, but it is, <clears throat> it is fun though. Like I know what you mean about putting people on fish. Like I go with my, my buddies and like, if they're kind of new to fishing, mm -hmm. you know, being, just being able to tell them like, Hey, cast behind you know, this rock or whatever. I'm sure there's a fish there. So, and it's rewarding. You know, you see them catch a fish, like you said. Yeah. Um, but the whole having to deal with somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. Cause there's nothing worse than like breaking off a double nymph rig or whatever and having to retie all that crap. Back yeah. together. <laughs> Usually I don't, I don't even use double nymph rigs. I'm like, oh, yeah. I know I'm going to break it off yeah. and have to retie yeah. it all. And yeah. But it, it is yeah. super rewarding, especially too. I don't know if you've experienced this a ton, but like when you take someone out that's like super into conventional fishing and they don't understand fly fishing, and then yeah. you you put them on that first fish on the fly rod, and they're like, "Oh yeah, oh now I understand it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how my buddy, uh, or well, my cousin Matt, the one I went to Montana with, um, he was all conventional stuff like that, and then we went to Montana, and I was like, you know, you could bring a spinning rod, but when you're with me, like you're going to just use your fly rod, whatever. And the whole time he had no urge to pick up his spinner. Like he was catching fish on the fly rod. He's Dude, like, he just absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd yeah. rather go out and catch half the fish, which I mean, yeah. usually like, like in a place like Montana, it's probably more productive to use a fly rod anyway, but exactly. Um, especially like, like some of the like lakes and ponds down here, like I'd rather go out and catch half the fish, but I'll be on fly rod than mm -hmm. yeah. go out there with a bait caster and yeah. catch yeah. double. So yeah. Well, and the cool thing is like sometimes, um, and I've even experimented or like a kind of experiment with my dad, but there is times where, you know, you're going to catch more fish on a fly rod that mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. just how it is, but it's kind of yeah. wild. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very unique way of fishing. If, if I were you, yeah. I would definitely suggest trying out the saltwater thing, especially if you can like get with someone that's on a skiff, uh, like what, what big city near the coast are you probably closest to? Um, man. How, how far? I don't are, even know. I mean, like, how far are you from like, like Panama City? Probably four hours. Oh damn, three that's pretty, hours. That's pretty far. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. A, um. Yeah. Yeah, we're up here. Yeah. Mm. Well, Definitely. I mean, even if it's like a like a vacation, you know, I mean, like, like I mean, so, there's there's like there's like Destin, Florida. It's like, um, a couple hours from us. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, and I know obviously I've heard of people fishing there, but I like, I haven't looked into it at all. Like I have not explored around here. I don't, yeah, I don't know nothing mm -hmm. but dirt bikes at this point. Yeah. Well, it's, so. I, I don't know too much about that area of Florida. We, we film all of our shows down in the keys and like, obviously like yeah. super South Florida. Um, yeah. and I mean, if, if you have a chance to take like a, five day vacation and go down there. I mean, you will have a blast on a fly rod down there. Mm. Um, yeah. but obviously that's like a, you know, you're not popping down there for the weekend, but yeah. it's, uh, once you, I mean, obviously like, like I'll always love to catch trout on the fly rod and stuff, but 
catch yeah. catching a I caught my first tarpon, I guess about a year ago. It was last December. And it was only that big probably. But I mean, yeah. You see videos of people catching these like two hundred two hundred yeah. pound tarpon on a twelve weight. Yeah. And they're they're fighting the fish for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine. Mm. Yeah. It'd be crazy. We just had a guy on so I I uh produce an, another podcast for my boss that obviously talks about fishing stuff. And uh yeah. we just had this guy on. His name is Jocko Lucas. Have you heard of him? No. He's like, uh, he does like all the like fly fishing film tour stuff. Um, and he puts together these like super sick films, but he had just gone down to like Brazil or something. And he, yeah. he catches these fish. They're called Arapaima on fly rod. And they're like eight feet long. Jeez. Oh, Pete. Oh, wow. And he, he's, he has some videos of it and it's just like ridiculous. Oh my God. <laughs> I bet. And it's like it's like jungle <laughs> fish too. Like you're you're literally like in like the Amazon on this little tiny yeah, beat wood, up beat a up John canoe made by some guy yeah. in like the backwoods yeah. of nowhere. And it's super sick. I'll have, I'll have to find the video and send it to you because I'm sure you'll like it. But it was yeah. get, getting to hear him like it, go walk through it, and they had to get all these like specialized fly lines that could handle like a 200 pound fish. And oh man, yeah, it was just like crazy to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I've always wanted to fly fish for bonefish too. Yeah, I've, always heard about I, I, I've yet to catch one of those yet, but they, people say that those are like a super cool fish to catch because you're like sight fishing for yeah. them and you're sight fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, super sick. Um, hate to like cut you guys off on the fly fishing, but um, <laughs> I mean, everyone listening doesn't want to hear about fishing anyway. So yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll do like a whole episode dedicated to. Uh, Levi and fly fishing. <laughs> well, we've already got a good bit of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, we, we don't want to take up too much of your time, so I don't know if yeah, if I you mean, have another question or two, we can pay, maybe I would, wrap I it would, up. I would like to ask at least one more question. Um, you kind of heading into the 2022 season. Um, are you like, do you have any personal friends like in, on, in the field that you're, you're racing against? I mean, did you ever hang out with anybody? And on the flip side of that, do you have any like rivals, like dudes that you just kind of like clash with and you're like, Oh man, I like, I don't know, just that one-on-one experience. Um, I definitely have, but like, I'm a pretty friendly guy. Like I'm friends with pretty much everybody. Um, like Max Miller, I grew up racing with him. Mm -hmm. Um, he'll be doing East and, uh, Austin Black was supposed to be, I think he was going to be West, but he ended up getting hurt not too long ago. Um, and then like Pierce Brown, I'm good buddies with him. Jarrett Fry, um, obviously all my teammates, um, Mumford. I mean, there's plenty of guys I'm buddies with, but as far as like rivals, I mean, I'm not, I could probably make a, there's might be a rivalry after this season. Who knows? Like, never, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say go in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, might be that one guy, but, um, no, it's, I mean, everybody on the track technically, but yeah. no, I don't, I don't really headhunt or anything like that. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Throwing that front wheel in, you know, <laughs> super late turn. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah. so what's the first race you'll be at? What's, what's the first track on the East coast? Uh, Minneapolis. Okay, cool. Oh, sweet. Well, we'll, we'll be at the Atlanta race. We'll be sure to swing by and say what's up. Definitely. Perfect. Um, yeah. Oh. Did you get to see that track last year? No. It I was, mean, I watched it on tv but yeah it was so I've, yeah. I've grown up i grew up down in georgia and we, we've i've gone pretty much every year since i was in fifth grade and they usually do it at the uh well it was the georgia dome now they built a new stadium down there 
but I mean, it was cool, yeah. s- cool seeing it in the stadiums, but I went last year when they did it for the first time at the, uh, at the NASCAR track. And I thought it was yeah. at least from a fan perspective, it was so much cooler. I mean, the track is like twice yeah. as long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and it's, it seemed more, it was almost more like a hybrid between motocross and supercross. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I heard. Like it looked fun. Definitely. Yeah. Um, the only thing I heard that was like a struggle is like, you know, qual- cause it's such a long lap qualifying. Like you only got four or five laps or something crazy like that. Cause it was so uh, long. Yeah. But- oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Wow. I think, I think last yeah. year it was also like pretty muddy at least cause they did, I think they did three yeah. races there. I think the first mm-hmm. one yeah. we went, we went to the third race and it was like perfect conditions, but I heard the first one and maybe even the second one was pretty muddy, but. but Did Nate win the third one, right? Thrasher? Yeah. I think he won the first yeah. one and the third one, first right? Third. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That was yeah. cool to see him. And he's, he's from Tennessee, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah. uh, one, one of our local tracks was posting all about it and super amped. So <laughs> oh, was that South Fork? Yeah. No, uh, fast farms. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that was yeah. cool to see him win. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be you, at that. We'll wait, be. We'll hey, just, do you guys know who Spencer Winter is by chance? Uh uh-uh. uh Spencer. Okay. Was he? He yeah. lived right. He lives right near the uh, Loretta's track. But that's a good uh, buddy of mine. I grew. Up with. Okay. Oh really? So, We've only been yeah. well. So I grew up. I was right. I rode a lot in middle school, but then basically one of my friends like almost died in a dirt bike, and we had to sell the bikes. And then I I had not ridden at all from eighth grade until this past January. So I took like a, like a 15 year break <laughs> or yeah, like a 10 break. year break. Um, and so w- we've both been riding a lot recently just for, just for the last, like, Half I guess year. it's been about a year for me, but mm-hmm. we, we don't, we're, we're meeting a lot of people around here, but we don't really know a ton of people yet. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Is there any, uh, any questions you have for us or anything uh, that you thought going into this? I mean, we're kind of the ones asking you all all the questions but i don't know if you had anything you wanted to say or i mean i mean what what made you start the podcast Ooh, that's a good question um so so i i do podcasts as part of my job and so like i obviously like i love fishing but lately like every time i go fishing for fun it's almost just like this kind of just feels like work because like yeah usually we're out on the boat filming or something and to go out on the boat, like, obviously it's more fun to have a rod in your hand, but mm-hmm. it almost just like, it feels like a, an extension of work. So that's kind of why I got into riding again in the first place. And then, so I got, oh, I got yeah. Hayden into it. And then we the, like the night we met, you got me into it. Yeah. Then I, I only have known him for a couple of months and literally like the night we met, I was like, yo, I just bought a dirt bike. I don't have anyone to ride with. I bought a dirt bike that <laughs> night. And <laughs> like went out oh, and bought, wow. I bought this clapped out. 2000 but, uh, but i mean maybe we just don't know the right people but like basically he's the only person i know that even really cares about motocross or dirt bikes or anything mm-hmm. so we, like whenever we yeah. get together we're like talking about it and all amped up yeah. um and since we don't really have anyone else to talk to about it we're like well let's just start a podcast and see what happens from we there can, we can talk to people about it and yeah and i mean just from just from riding like the six the six months that i've been riding with connor um we've met like the most incredible people, um, like the most generous people too. I, we went to uh, like our first race in scrub and dirt. This guy was offering jets to me to like tune my car better. And I'm like, dude, I have no idea who you are, but you literally just offered me, you know, all this stuff. And I didn't, I mean, I offered 
or I, I received some of his help for a lot of the stuff, but the, the people in the motocross community have just surprised me. It's, it's a very welcoming and just wholesome community. I don't know. It must yeah. be, I don't know. Must, must, must be the two stroke, you know, fumes that just mellow everybody <laughs> out. But for you, yeah, at least, yeah. Yeah. For me, at least <laughs> two stroke till I die. <laughs> yeah. But, that's cool. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The whole podcast thing, I think, originated from we kind of had some weird encounters or stories growing up riding bikes and so like what if we just you know share that stuff to the uh, the rest of the internet and see what they think but um yeah we're just super stoked to be out on dirt bikes man i mean who doesn't like to just go out and ride i mean that's all i think about throughout the week man i just i'm like when can i get on you yeah. know when can i get on my bike like i'm, I'm, I'm going riding over yeah. christmas and people are like dude christmas you're supposed to be like hanging out with family and not doing a whole lot i'm like i don't know about you guys but i want to go ride my bike like that's all yeah. i've been thinking about well it's also like like i don't know you maybe don't really experience this much since i'm sure a lot of the people that you're around are like very involved in the sport but like none of our friends like care at all about dirt bikes and like, like what the heck yeah. one of the most frustrating things is like one of my buddies he's big into mountain biking and i was this summer i was riding and i was like dude you got to come out to the track sometime mm. like it's the best workout ever i was like hitting like yeah. 180 beats per minute like the whole time i was riding he's like what are you talking about don't you just like twist the throttle and you just twist are, the throttle and steer words right? right there fighting words i yeah. used to get that all the time it pissed me off oh yeah. my gosh like you, you you are so ignorant yeah i, mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I think that like motocross and supercross athletes are 100 percent probably the most in shape people 100 of any of any professional athlete i don't yeah. i mean do you have any thoughts about that i mean i guess you know how much you train so yeah i mean obviously i can't compare because I haven't done anything else, but it's definitely, you know, tough mm -hmm. on your body. So it's pretty gnarly for sure. And you got to train hard. Yeah. yeah so definitely. what does, I mean, like, obviously you're, you're kind of getting back into off of an injury right now. What does like a typical day look like? Like a typical, like Tuesday, wake up at 4am. I drink six eggs. <laughs> like I jog 10 miles at a full sprint. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, well, I think the first thing, like a lot of people kind of look past like, in, like recovery is like really mm -hmm. important. So like, yeah, mm -hmm. we train hard, but you don't want to overdo it obviously or else then you're just going to be burnt for the track. So mm -hmm. but, like a normal day, wake up at like six 30 or seven, um, cook breakfast. Well, actually a lot of times I like to just get my, I have like a morning run usually. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, wake up, go for a little run, make breakfast and then stretch for a little bit, head to the track do my motos and then either go to the gym or um i don't know do a little spin or something it kind of just depends on the day but um, do, do you have someone that like structures that for you or are you kind of fake, like yeah. deciding that on your so someone's doing that yeah uh garrett swanapool is my trainer um okay he trained me justin nate nick matt christian um a lot of the, the team i mean there's a few guys that don't train them but yeah. yeah so do so you have a nutrition plan that goes along with that or we did when we were in California. Um, but now no, like kind of just, I don't know. I just kind of try to watch what I eat, but I, I mean, mm. I don't eat perfect, but, um, oh, okay. we burn some calories. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's, uh, you're on the seafood diet, right? 
that you see food, you yeah. eat it diet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's a bad joke. I had to put one of them in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. We don't want to take up much more of your time, but uh, we definitely appreciate you coming on and chatting mm-hmm. with us for a little bit. And yeah. we'll we'll be sure to hit you up in uh, at Atlanta and swing by the tent and say what's up. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, do it. Thanks for having. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for 100%. sure. All right. Well, I guess we'll, uh, we'll end that there with you, man. I really appreciate you. Uh, sincerely appreciate the, um, the time you took to hang out with us for a little bit, but yeah, keep, keep crushing it. Keep killing it on the bike, man. I'm stoked to see where you go, dude. Um, we got, we got big, big plans for Levi kitchen, man. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Best of luck this year. We'll, we'll definitely be pulling for you all all super cross season. So stay healthy, man. Take care. Thanks boys. Tight lines to you. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) See ya. All right. See ya. See ya. Dude, what an absolute legend. Dude, that was sick. Oh, we're done. We're not going to talk about it. (laughs) Oh yeah. We can keep talking about it. Oh man. That was, that was freaking dope. Like the whole time I was like, dude, Connor, adjust your mic. You're like, you're like talking over here in your mic. And I was like, I don't want to. Well, I can, I can adjust (laughs) them all separately after if I need to. I got you. No, I knew, I knew you had it under control, but that's why I tapped you on your foot earlier. I I know what you were saying. I was like, you playing footsies Mm -hmm. with me, boy. But, uh, yeah, that was sick. Mm -hmm. What an awesome guy. Super down to earth. Um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask him one more thing about what he thought. Um, the one thing that really irked me about watching like motocross live um, in between motos, they got that little plug where it's like, where did you meet your girlfriend? Or whatever. Like, like, well, can we come up? They, he doesn't ever watch any of that. I so know, but like, can we come up with something? I mean, he's got to know about it. I well, mean, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people complained about that. Oh yeah. I, um, I'd complain about it. I've heard like, a lot of podcasts oh my complaining gosh. about it. So I think that they'll do something different this year. Yeah, I really hope so because that was weak sauce. It's hard I mean, to complain t- though because so those slots are replacing the commercials because yeah. since we pay for Peacock, it's commercial free. Yeah, but I mean they got to put something in there. Peacock, if you're watching this, um, we would love to fill that slot. You know, <laughs> just if throw you, our podcast. If in you there. <laughs> ever need anything, and I mean literally anything, if you want to give us like ten seconds, I promise we'll make it worth your while. Um, yeah, we'll get a little shout out to the D Class Motopod. Um, they can just play our podcast during honestly, the commercial breaks. We'll just play like our highlight reel of our podcast. And, you know, they play our podcast for five minutes and it goes back to the race. And the whole time <laughs> yeah. people are like, Wait, oh, what's man, going on? What happened to D Class Motopod? I wonder, I wonder what they're going to say next. Yeah. Oh, uh, did Connor mention something? <laughs> and I don't know. I The the endless possibilities for that. But um, yeah, they definitely need to rework the 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 peacock commercial because well it's better in motocross than supercross remember what they were oh supercross? yeah supercross is it's just like just a static a static camera, camera over like, here of like panned out of a part of the track where you still can't see what's going on yeah it's like tough blocks <laughs> in a light bar like yeah. that's that's what you're looking at so you don't really get a whole uh perspective on things um i would almost rather watch the commercials because at least the commercials are like it's usually like a, you see like the, a dirt bike commercial. Yeah, or I was going to say, do you remember the old Fram commercials? There was a dude on a uh-uh. tricycle coming over this berm and, or this. It was like a single or double. There's dudes like launching and scrubbing this big single. And then you see a guy running, like riding his tricycle over the top of it in like full <laughs> moto gear. It's like, would you trust yourself on a tricycle? No, we would want you to use, like a re- use the right tools for the job. And then it's like <laughs> Fram filters. Come pick not, yourself. How long ago was that? 
I was probably back in like 2015, 13, <laughs> somewhere in that era, because that was when I was big that in was, Red Bull. That was honestly, that was probably when I, I kind of went through a stage where I wasn't watching racing as much because I was like, it. I mean, 2013, I was a freshman in college. So oh, yeah, you had to study. Well, yeah. We like, had to learn. I don't even know if we got the races in the dorm room. So, oh yeah. True that dude. I, I actually imagine, I imagine starting cable that was that when it was still on the speed channel. Yeah. Remember speed. Dude, that was where all the races would come on. Speed I don't, TV. I don't, know if, speed TV I don't just, think we got that channel in the dorm room, but oh my gosh, I guess that, I guess speed TV went out of business. I don't know. They do drag racing still, I think. Or is that, that's on like Fox or no, uh, Fox doesn't get went, drag racing. I think speed TV is gone. Cause that, it used to have all those like oh, car shows yeah, too. But, oh. And now all that's on like, I don't it's even know not, what channel. It's not HGTV, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, it's not. My dad, he's like, loves those car, no. car shows. Like, uh, TNT. what's the one with... Uh, no, not TNT. The Gas Monkey Garage. Yeah, I don't know what, what channel that's on. Most of it's on, um, the, like, the History Channel or the Discovery... Not the Discovery. It's like the History Channel because it'll usually put... Yeah, it's um, like old cars. <laughs> yeah, they'll put, like, old car stuff in there and they'll slide in, like, a, a bit from, I don't know the what is it what is it called um don't google this but google this uh the why am i drawing a blank i don't know but we're at like over an hour so we should probably wrap this thing up dude we had freaking levi kitchens on our first that podcast sick. that was pretty cool this bump um first guest yeah first stand guest? standard set pretty dang high except <sighs> we have some awesome guests on so uh mm-hmm I think I mentioned yeah. this in the in episode three, but we've got uh, I don't know which. So obviously this podcast is coming out. So yeah, this this podcast will be out probably this week. Mm-hmm. Um, which if you're listening to it, obviously it's out. Um, and then the guys from Hucket Films are coming up here. I think sometime in January. We haven't sit down an exact date, but they they want to come up and ride, do a podcast in person. They're mm-hmm. they're in Georgia, so they're not that far away. Um, but I think they want to ride at like R3 or South Fork or something. Okay. So they're going to come up and we're going to do a podcast in person. Uh, 109 Nate wants to fly in. Yes, sir. Which is going to be hilarious and awesome. Yeah. 109 Nate um, is going to be probably the funniest podcast we've recorded. I don't know. There's just going to be a lot of crap, you know, trash talking and stuff like well, that. Well, I, I think that him trash talking is kind of like his like character. Yeah. Which so like him in person, like he's, he's not he's like that. The, he's probably like the nicest human being on the planet. The yeah, most sincere. I, I, he put out some video and he looked, he's like, like super genuine, sincere. So that, hmm. that'll be, that'll be a fun one though. And then, uh, Tyler films is coming on. We'll probably do his over zoom. So I guess we can do that one whenever. Yeah. Um, guess we're doing that tomorrow, right? <laughs> no, I'm if you're watching sleeping <laughs> in tomorrow dude right um, all that hard work we put in today put in that work gotta let the big dog eat sometimes you know <laughs> the big dog ate <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I promise um, I wouldn't say that but um, alright well let's just let's let's wrap this up so we've got Tyler Films coming on yes uh, he's like blowing up on TikTok right now we've mm. got the Moto fam coming on 100% so I'm excited to talk to him he, he's the guy that does uh all the, like the history of videos on TikTok. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does like a history of like every single rider that's ever been out there. Um, Frick yeah. So he'll, he'll be fun to talk to. The Moto f- or no, that, so that was the Moto fam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Under average Moto. Mm-hmm. He he wants to come on. That mm-hmm. one's gonna be fun. That guy's like 
always super amped up about everything. Dude, he matches um, my intensity. Yeah, I think, he, he I think that's where it's going to go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's um, go. So <laughs> we'll probably do that one over Zoom too. I don't know. I think he lives in Michigan or something. Oh, dude. Home of the land. Home of my people. Home of the land. Dude, Michigan is land, bro. Uh, all I think about in Michigan, because there's no major cities in Michigan, right? They got a lake there. Yeah, it's all Home lake. Of the lake. You Home think of about lake it. Michigan. Detroit's the biggest city in Michigan, right? So... There's nothing else but land, whereas others like Nashville, Nashville's huge. There's obviously a lot more square footage in bigger states. But when I think of Michigan, it's just classic backwoods. Home of the land. Home of the land. Plus the dunes. So, There's a lot anyway, of dunes anyway, there. We, we gotta, we gotta anyway. Get, we got to get to this. Get this wrapped up. We got <laughs> Under Average Moto coming on. And then yes. uh, Dylan Kelly, mm-hmm. who I think he's like a mechanic slash videographer. Ooh, we get along. Um, And he's gonna be a blast too for sure so we'll probably do i think he's in california so we'll do his over zoom too awesome but uh let's wrap it up so All that right. was huge levi shout kitchen. out <laughs> that, that that was levi kitchen uh obviously great episode um yeah legendary we got more coming so yeah thanks for listening y'all and we'll be back next time all right peace out bro